this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Pack Your Knives. I'm Kevin Arnovitz. And I'm Tom Haverstrow. And I'm Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes is here. Tom, Mina's in my in-house studio. It's Pack Your Knives. Tom, what is in your garden? And that is sort of the opening question today. What is in your garden? <laughs> um, I've got these things called monkey grass. It's just it's just residual plantate, like plants from the previous homeowner here. Uh, and I'm not quite on Adrian's level. She's what? Had this lived in the same house, her family for eight generations. It's like two hundred years, isn't it? Oh, that was crazy! Like she has this house in Connecticut that, like, eight, eight generations. generations. That's like the people with the funny hats, the pilgrims. It's like eight generations. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have any. I don't have a garden here. My neighbors have an amazing, elaborate garden that they. Um, if you've watched Homeland, they have the same house as Saul Berenson, uh, and because uh, <laughs> because the show shot here in Charlotte, believe it or not. But they have – they bring me over some really nice goodies, some tomatoes and some zucchini and all sorts of stuff. So I actually just – we have like this co-op basically. I don't have anything in my garden. Kevin, do you have anything in your garden? I didn't know Kevin had a garden. Is that – that's true? No. There are the remnants of a garden from the previous tenants um, in those sad little cinder blocks 
that were herbs and now are just completely um, nothing. So I have a, I have a I have a hillside. And I don't but mean there, to say weed garden. like the marijuana weed, but um, do you have any weeds? Like, because this garden at Top Chef, it seemed like it was very weedy. Lots of weeds, well, except we for We live Sarah's. in California, so it's like scrub brush, and I have to spend like $700 a year getting it cleared. So I have the former, but no, not the latter. I do not have weeds. Well, let me introduce the listeners to Mina. If you haven't listened to Top Chef's uh, Pack Your oh. Knives season one of Pack Your Knives, you might not know who Mina is on the food side, but you know who Mina is on the – ESPN NFL, uh, ESPN the magazine extraordinaire. You can also catch her on basically every every TV show, uh, Lebetard show. You can catch her subbing in on High Noon, um, and you actually recently just did a great uh, little vignette on uh, on Instagram. Did it go out on the linear TV? The thing you did with Pablo Torre? That was, believe it or not, they actually let us air that on linear yes. TV. Yes. 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 But you are um, a big Top Chef fan. I am. And it's funny that uh, you mentioned that clip because so Pablo and I are both Asian American. And the clip is about how him and I are obsessed with um, Asian American athletes and identifying which athletes are like one eighth Asian. Nate Robinson, shout out. Um, but <laughs> it is this season. Is there a Asian American chef? Is Michelle maybe part? No, but in the in the is he Asian American? Justin has a Japanese grandma. Oh, there you go. He like they showed the picture again this episode. Like he, Justin. Yeah. So, um, so and yeah, Nini, he, he is Nini. Um, Nini was yes, yes, yes. Is Nini the best contestant not to make a final eight? No, uh, there's been some in the past that have been axed early on. I feel like. I mean, right? I'm not she's wrong. got a great case. She won what two episodes this season? Yeah. Oh, she was no, no, her she didn't. She didn't. Uh, yeah, she did. She went back up, back to back episodes, mm-hmm. and then got ousted in episode four. So she has a pretty good case to have the best. Uh, what three episode yeah. appearance on the show? Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's just review. She cooked her ass off and was just the shittiest maitre d of all times. I mean, like, she didn't get booted off for her cooking. Yeah, well, by the way, which is a, a reason not to do Restaurant Wars early again. I truly object to that change to the format. Yeah, Tom, I mean, we obviously were recipients of the the, the true Top Chef. Uh, in fact, if it were four weeks later, we might have been smack in the middle of the finals or the draft. No, actually, yeah. probably could have made it. But it, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm for bringing it back to eight. Yeah, so I I think right now I looked at the the standings of the the point totals. Um, Mean I think you know this, but we do fantasy teams. Yes. Uh, Kevin Kevin drafted uh, with his first pick. He drafted Eric. No, sorry, sorry, I'm wrong. You drafted Eddie, then Pablo, and I drafted Natalie first. So we did really well there. Um, <laughs> first pick was Natalie. Second pick was Eddie, which is fine. And then Pablo, who was ousted in like the, f- the first four rounds. So um, I'd like to say, Mina, that after the first episode, we don't know shit. Yes, I think that's fair to say. I Going into this season, I thought I picked Nini early on as being a strong contender. I'm looking at this list, trying to think of who else maybe jumped out to me and got ousted. I liked Eric early on, which obviously is the leader in the pack. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Eddie as sort of my top pick. Uh, you had Natalie, which I was firmly behind. I would have taken her if you didn't. I, I, by the way, I still think she's a fantastic cook. I mean, she got caught in an, another technicality. And um, w- w- remind me, how did Natalie get bumped off? 
She um, she got thrown under some sort of vehicle or, or there was some <laughs> like one of those situations. I can't remember exactly what it is. I remember being surprised. Yeah. Oh, she I had the remember. lemon, the lemon dish, right? Like she, uh, it oh was, yeah, it fell she flat. She was the or... casualty of Eddie's. No, she was the casualty of Eddie's spend, spend oh. like, like money orgy. Oh yeah, Eddie money. She had to make like right. she had to make like a whole lemon dessert for four thousand with one lemon. One lemon, yes, yes, yes. All right, so this week. We um we have the garden challenge. They get rustled out of bed, and chefs sleep really late. I've noticed this about all my yeah. friends who are chefs. Because you and I, Tom, like you and I are up at like whatever. Now you've got a kid, and you're probably up at like three in the morning. But like, I mean, I'm you and I are up early. Chefs, like, if you ever try to contact a chef before like ten a.m., it is it is a horror. <laughs> yeah, and and this episode, I was like, Tom Colicchio looks great, and it's bright. It's like noon. Yeah. It felt it felt like it was noon, like on a summer day in Louisville. Like I was like, "What? Why are they still? Why are they like? Oh God, this is so annoying." And also, what like if they want to rest though. up? Like if you're an NBA player and you got a big game the next day, don't you try to you know pack it in pretty quickly and try to get some rest? Like it's not well, like they know, should be staying up till two a.m. Well, maybe they. I want. I always wonder how late the judging goes sometimes in the shoots, like for the elimination challenges. Well, but they're are they. Going back to backs on these? Do we know that? What the schedule's like? No, it is it's really intense schedule. And I, I think didn't someone tell us, Tom, that like judging wasn't till two AM. And don't forget they had that dessert challenge in the middle of the night too. Remember after that lovely meal yes. early in the scene, they got cooked and then everyone's like, All right, go to the kitchen and make some shit. Mina, did that you happened? know that Last Chance Kitchen, they tape all the Last Chance Kitchens in one day? Every single one of them? They go boom, 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 all the way down. Oh, so uh, see that? I always wondered, like, why, how are they flying everyone in and out? That makes perfect sense. No, they hold them up. I mean, they're actually, there's this auxiliary set where they do the uh, the, the Last Chance Kitchen. Actually, it might very well be in the Top Chef Kitchen. It's just not on a different day. Huh. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of Last Chance Kitchen and, and this quick fire, I mean, would you were you guys, like, this seems earlier? Like, they brought back the winner earlier than last season, right? Who was yeah. obviously Michelle. Usually they spit them right back into the finale or the episode before the finale. Yeah, oh, this is the. You know what it is? They're taking five to Macau. That's the issue. Right. So which I, is I mean, a lot. It's right. a lot of people. That's what's driving. And it's expensive airfare too. I mean, like that's a lot of people to send to Macau. Uh, by the way, I'm very excited for Macau. I mean, this is sort of a loose association episode for us, Tom. But like Macau's awesome because it's like all the wonders of Chinese cooking with all the wonders of Portuguese cooking. Yeah, and it's like this really bizarre hybrid of food like like i I had like a restaurant at a porch i had i went to macau for like the afternoon and evening so i could have two meals and i did like chinese lunch and then like portuguese dinner and it's just a really cool like it's like bravo for bravo um for doing the uh nice doing macau is like a really smart culinary finale site so i'm very into this do you think Uh, they're gonna do a whole dish about grinding uh, a ham uh, putting a ham through a meat grinder like Sarah did. All right, we're going to talk about Sarah because <laughs> I was very concerned with Sarah because remember she had her sausage problem before she went on this mad run yes. where she was just like just totally flaming out on every challenge because she was trying to make sausage out of everything. And then I was like, oh man, she paid like seventy cents for a huge Iberico ham and she's going to fucking grind it. So, but let's go through the garden. Let's yes. go. Let's take a Tom, Mina. Let's take a walk through the garden. We have. Um, so they basically have to harvest what they've grown. And like, I love this because Eric is from the Bronx 
and like where they grow produce under their armpits. Like there's nowhere to grow shit. And so he's just not really into his garden. Then you have, of course, Adrian, who grew up on a, you know, whose farm has been there since 1281 or like whatever in Connecticut. So she's got these kind of beautiful, this cornucopia of like squashes and, and everything. And um, and so then they have to just kind of make something out of their garden. And um, there was some really pretty food. So do you think that Sarah, because apparently she had the most beautiful garden and that she was like pruning mm. and weeding, do you think like Eric was – scouting in like his bedroom just looking out the window like taking notes on how to do all this stuff like do you, do you think these uh like the competition gets that intense where they're trying to figure out i don't know how to take care of a garden but you know what i'm gonna yeah. take some notes on on sarah they showed a little footage of eric asking one of the other chefs how to plant something so <laughs> i mean and, and like you gotta think this whole season they've been thinking exactly thinking about exactly what they would do with their produce right because this was the you know, Chekhov's gun of a garden. Like they knew this challenge was coming at some point. I, I, my only surprise actually was that it was a quick fire, not an elimination. You know, if I'm Eric, I'm just, it's a, it's a moral victory. Like I can't get sent home yeah. for my, yeah. you know, great point for my Van Cortland park garden, you know, like, like that's okay. And, um, and it's actually funny. I mean, I don't think it was a coincidence that Eric kind of came out with what was apparently a very delicious green tomato and coconut soup, but like, it didn't sufficiently highlight the vegetables because my assumption is there probably weren't many vegetables to highlight. So he finishes on the bottom. Um, Michelle does this gorgeous roasted radish and chard thing. Um, I did not know you could eat purslane. I, I had no idea. Like, I mean, you see it in gardens. Oh, you know, uh, in uh, Israel, I had a lot of dishes with purslane. I've been to Israel since 1997. Um, wow, that's that's I who knew. And but but she had this like lovely stuff, but there wasn't. She didn't get enough in on the plate before the clock, so she had this poached egg that sort of dominated. So she got dinged. Um, and then Kelsey had fried green tomatoes and then tried to do a ricotta, um, which was probably attacked. Herbed ricotta. Yeah. The second she said that, I knew they weren't going to like it. Mina, there is, there is the curse of the ricotta this season, I feel like. There's like, yeah. Who else has gotten? Kevin, Kevin got dinged on a quick fire for using too much uh, ricotta. It was like a beaten ricotta dish. And then huh. he got ousted because of his ricotta dish. Right, Kevin? Am I remembering that right? I do. And I think. Um. Uh, no, yeah, it was the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode I, I three, naughty and nice. Uh, Kevin was, uh, kicked off for his ricotta cake with ricotta whipped cream and macerated cherries. Macerated? I love ricotta, man. Yeah, you put that on anything, like just load it on. And I'm, I mean, that's my plebeian palate, but I, I just adore it. Wait, so uh, here, here's, here's my thing about this quick fire. Isn't just this, this quick fire about a, how well did you harvest B? How quickly can you prepare your your vegetables or your garden fare? And then C, could you get it on a plate? Because it didn't seem like there was all that much uh, inventiveness on this. I, I mean, I, I'm going to take issue with you there. I mean, so like Justin wins with this beautiful radish and chard salad. You know, he's roasting the baby turnips. And by the way, the, those little um, – those like arugula pistu drops everywhere. Like that was just – it was gorgeous. And like I think um, – I mean, I think, yeah, you're, you're giving them a certain reward for, for being able to have, you know, good stuff. And so Eric's probably not going to win this challenge. I mean, I, I, let's put it this way. I think there are, you know, I think Eric was pretty much like a clincher not to win. Uh, I, I think like Sarah and Adrian were probably clinchers not to finish on the bottom just by virtue of their sheer, like the quality of their stuff. But I, I, I mean, I, it was like, I mean, there was roasting. I mean, there's there, I mean, Adrian seared her squash. Um, you know, she got creative with a cute 
you know, the cucumber blossom, the green goddess dressing is, is I mean, I love green go- goddess dressing. So, I mean, I, I think there was some skill involved here, Tom. I, I wouldn't say it's nothing, but of all the quick fires, I felt like this was more about your planting skills and your gardening right. skills than it was about your ability to, uh, you know, be a chef. But, uh, I, I, I actually did not know who um, Weta. What was Weta Michelle? Is that her Weta the the yeah, guest I, judge? I was not familiar with her work. Me neither. But um, if I were to tell you that Weta was spelled O U I T A, would you believe me? I would believe you. Is that right. I, she said the word forward a lot. Vegetable forward was mm, used many yes. times. I remember. I kind of feel like. Thing. I kind of feel like she didn't want to give Sarah the win because they cooked together like a, a few months ago. Well, and we'll get we'll get to that. I always struggle with these mentor challenges for that reason, and this was sort of a preview of that because some of the mentors bring a lot more bias and neutral, or and some of them are very obsessed with seeming neutral. And and I always feel like also nobody wants to crap on someone's dish in front of their mentor, so it kind of affects the judge. I mean, we'll get to that, but I think you're right about Weta and Sarah. Yeah, yeah like, she, like she had like a- who taught this person? What, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I um no the the mentorship thing is always a little awkward. I mean, it's 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 when there is a true sort of emotional connection, it can be really nice to portray. But like, yeah, I'm with you guys. Like, it's it's kind of I don't love the it, mentorship. It's like the family challenges in the past when they have the family sitting at the table, the judges obviously can't be like this sucked in front of <laughs> your brothers. Your, you know what I mean? After yeah. the emotional reunion, so I I don't know. These ones are always a little weird for well, me. And I like when they get bitchy. Yeah. Like, like that's kind of part of the fun. Like, oh, what you know, Padma can't really do her thing. And um, so, okay, so Justin wins it. It's the most beautiful plate I've seen in in years. And I and I and I do. Um, I, I'm a sucker for presentation. And then we go to this auction, Tom, which was the saddest auction I've ever seen in my entire five, life. We got five. We got five. We got five. Like only one person bidding on everything, except of course, and like of course, heirloom asparagus. You can get like friggin' foie gras for a buck fifty, and then like you pay a thousand dollars for heirloom asparagus. But yeah, it was a stupid auction. You know who my it was favorite? Really, yeah, I was gonna say that there's basically the only ingredient that mattered in the end was the ham. I feel like that had any payoff whatsoever. Yeah, I um, I think the the my favorite person in that whole episode was the yes guy in the auction. Did you guys catch him? <laughs> yes. <The one> who- <laughs> yes. 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 That, that's his yes. entire job. He just he just said yes and pointing. That is a great job. He's like a traffic cop, but he just has one word in his vocabulary and he just says yes ten different ways. It was amazing. I want that job. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. What what did you guys think broadly about the conceit of the challenge, which was sort of paying homage to the mentor, which I think they all sort of interpreted in different ways. So the the elimination challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if it is truly your mentor and I kind of read their their faces a little bit when they they made the <laughs> drop of like, hey, your yeah. mentor is da 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 da. And the person's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> we <laughs> talked. Yeah, we uh, we we brushed shoulders once in a kitchen before. Um, so I feel like if the bond is strong and you get like emotional thinking about the mentor showing up through those doors, like, yes, like this is awesome. But if like, if uh, I'd imagine they reach out to these chefs or their mentors and they're like, Hey, uh, are you available for this date? No. All right. We've got to move down the list. And I just wonder some of these mentors were like plan like D, you know? 
I would love to know who like the how it went on the depth chart. <laughs> like, like you're right. The, the percentages say that one of these six mentors was like no higher than third or fourth. Hmm. Yeah, it, and it also kind of felt like they were just like, okay, my mentor likes mushrooms. <laughs> my mentor does, you know, yeah, uh, the Voltaggio style of cooking. I don't know, deconstructing. Like it doesn't. It kind of just felt like an imitation challenge. Well, no, and, and that's the thing. Like I thought, like. In some ways, I kind of liked that Eric kind of went yes, deconstruction. Like I thought well, that like that was a nice homage, whether or not he was close or not. Can we have the, an Eric conversation yeah. now? Yeah. I Let's mean, have I, the he, Eric conversation. Yes. I'm just looking at the chefs who are left, and he to me he's the obvious front runner. I mean, the number, the statistics tell a clear story. Also, the only chef who I feel like has a a style I understand. And then look, that's probably not accurate. Like that's a product of editing and challenges and whatever. But like, if you ask me to describe who these chefs are, what they do, I could come up with like maybe one or two things for all the other chefs. Maybe some of them, I don't know. Eric's the one where I'm like, yes, boom, 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 boom. Like it feels like, like they said during the challenge, he stuck to his guns every step of the way. Yeah, we we seared a brand on Michelle early on as the the pasta chef, and she barely has done any pasta this season. Well, no, right? but I mean, I think I think I know. I I totally agree with with me. I mean, Eric has the most definitive style. Um, I mean, I think I think. You know, we said, hey, what is Michelle's style? I think, you know, yeah, she's a pasta specialist, but also does kind of very refined, delicate plates. Yes. You know, tends to go fish, um, you know, California cooking. Yeah. Right. It's, these are very California plates. I mean, you, you wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, on a summer menu for Suzanne Goyne, right? Um, you know, Kelsey does, you know, Kelsey's funny, right? Like, like I would say, oh, Southern, yeah, but fun. scallop crudo with the yeah. beautiful rose water or whatever it was, Um, you know. Pretty girly, too. And I mean, I'd hate to, sort of lean on that stereotype because I feel like, but it, when you talk about the dishes, yeah, this and, is an NB broadcast here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess Adrian, what do we think of Adrian? Like how would you characterize Adrian's cooking? Uh, eighth generation Connecticut farming. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, you know, Adrian's an interesting chef. I, I don't, and I, I, I like her and she's, I mean, look, I, I far be it for me to criticize any Where's chef. The earrings though. Just want to know why are they so weird? What, what, are they really weird? Are I, they? I, I, I didn't notice this. Mina, go. I want to hear. Never notice that she wears like the most, like the most dramatic statement earrings. I wonder. They're <laughs> like deal with that in the kitchen. I, I I was thinking maybe she has gauged ears and they're like gauge. I don't know. It, it's very um, distracting to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that Adrian's skated. I mean, she's gotten a couple wins, hasn't she? Mm, no, but she's kind of the consummate. I mean. If ever there was a she's chef a who's like she's been the she, high, she's been in the top three four times with no wins. That's right. pretty she's, impressive. She's a lurker, and you know she kind of tipped her hand. There was a couple of weeks ago where she just kind of looked at the camera before the judging and said, "Look, I'm not going to go home for this." She is kind of the consummate. I'm not going to go home for this chef. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and then Sarah, I think, has a specific viewpoint. I mean, I, I think that is it's. I mean, she combines sort of mid south cooking with. Tech. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, she's, you know, like this was a great dish. I mean, so Sarah wins the challenge I and mean, we might as well just go to that. I mean, um, her, her mentor is, uh, David chef, who's, who's a noted chef in Chicago. Uh, I, I didn't realize, I, I thought Sarah had gone to New York. Maybe, maybe he was in New York, but she, her big thing is I'm going to nail this ham and almond broth, this consomme, yeah. which seems so ambitious. I mean, oh. ham and almond. So you got this kind of smoky, nutty, Thing, whatever it is, and then she's going to infuse her 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 sea bass. Uh, she's got kind of the soup bean nod. Of the, the lima beans aren't. I think aren't soup beans usually pinto beans. I don't know, but 
and and she how about, just she, how about soup beans making uh ma- making Weta cry? How about that? <laughs> Who would have thought? I mean, it's so she you know she poaches the sea bass with olive oil. Um, she infuses it with the broth. She puts together a beautiful plate, and I mean, I I've never seen Gail Simmons. By the way, Gail Simmons on the episode. I could listen to Gail Simmons do play by play or do color commentary on any meal, anytime. I still have this aspiration. I, I would like to have a meal with with, with Gail. I'm just dropping it now into hoping the Bravo PR here people listen at some point. And I was on a flight with her once. Yeah, uh, it was a very exciting celebrity sighting for me. Would I, you say she was a mentor of yours? Uh, yeah, in the same way that Brian Boltaggio is a mentor to uh, Eric. Gail Simmons is my mentor. We were on a flight together. Um, looked beautiful. She's kind of she's kind of shorter in real life, like most celebrities. I was just glad to see her back. Um, but, but when you mentioned Sarah, guys, by the way, I mean she was she originally she was. Oh no, that was the last episode she was complaining about the Kentucky thing. I'm sorry. Did she have any? Because she usually has one drama per episode. Did she have any dramas this episode? No, she got a. Fucking ham for seven dollars. I mean, that, that yeah, that'll like, do it. Yeah, yeah, no drama. What do you have to complain one? about? I mean, she, she made nothing for that. That did yeah. look delicious. That look. I mean, oh, that broth bomb. I, I, I'm a sucker for any sort of consomme or broth, anything. Like when I was a kid, I would just fire up the ramen for like you know, I throw in the 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 disc, the little puck of ramen in the uh, in the hot pot of water, and just throw the chicken flavor on it. And at, at some point. I just realized I also just like the ramen. So I would, I was that kid in like elementary school or middle school and I would bring my lunch and everyone would have their sandwiches, their tur- their turkey sandwiches, PB and J. And I would bring out just the raw ramen biscuit and then pour on the, the seasoning <laughs> on top of that. That well, was I'm how Korean. much I love soup. Yes. So I, my soup runs through my veins and it was funny to me when the bone broth trend started a few years ago in America. Cause I was like, I grew up drinking this stuff. Like, okay. Like welcome to the party guys. I mean, I, any sort of meaty broth is delicious to me. I love ham. I love the flavor of ham. So that looked like something I'd really want to eat. Yes. I made bone broth a few uh, weeks ago for the first time, 48 hours straight on the stove top. It was really good. Um, and, um, chef Jay at the Philadelphia 76ers gave me all the pointers. Um, so it was, it was particularly good. Uh, it, it is what they drink in film session. So I did it at home. It has been so satisfying. I think I still have a pint in the, uh, the freezer. So here's a, but, here's a little, uh, here's a little, uh, um, uh, educational point here. A little thing about Chilean sea bass. Not really Chilean. Not Chilean sea bass. They actually, it is, the fish is called Patagonian toothfish. Hmm. And they, in like the seventies, the seventies, some, you know, fishermen decided, you know what? I can't sell any of this shit because no one wants a Patagonia toothfish on a menu. So he decided to come up with a new name and he called it the Chilean sea bass. It's not actually a sea bass at all. No, I mean, a Patagonia toothfish sounds like fucking camping equipment or something. So if I told you like a, I'm going to do an Iberico ham walnut broth on a Patagonian toothfish poached. Patagonian toothfish. You'd be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and, yeah. And huh. now when it says poached Chilean sea bass, you're like, ooh, I'm all about that. Yeah, ham flavor too with sea bass or I mean granted some more mild fish is not necessarily intuitive, but I mean that's a pretty unholy alliance of animals. But it sounds delicious. That sounds I mean uh, uh, the broth looked light though. Yeah, right? it did look pretty light, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there were two um red flags uh for me in this ish uh episode 
The first was Kelsey reaching for that can crab. I'm like, she is going to get ding for this shit. Byron mentor. Yes. And then the other was when Sarah starts grinding pork. I'm like, not this again. Like ever since she put down the sausage making, she's been like on an absolute tear. And I was really worried. But then when I kind of heard her thing, like, here's what I'm doing going to infuse the fish. I was like, all right, she's got this. She's got this. She's got this. Um, it was a very interesting kind of ranking because they just, I mean, you know, when you get down to six, it's kind of, they don't really do the three and three. They sort of just ad hoc it. And like, um, I thought, you know, their initial reaction to Michelle, yeah. you know, was going to make it a two horse race, but they just kind of call it. I mean, they just call it early. It's like some election, like, like incumbent skating through. I mean, they called that shit early. Um, it's a big win for her. It's also a big win because I mean, I mean, she's had this chip on her shoulder. She's the local chef. Um, she wants to represent the state and it's something we've seen before, but like, and, and frankly, I didn't have her highly rated after a few weeks. Like no, I had you no actually, I think I proposed a trade for her cause you were kind of down. I mean, I'm, oh no, I was very sentimentally because she's a Southern Jew and I grew up eating Southern Jewish food, but like, um, and then she just caught fire and, and I always kind of love seasons like that. I mean, we had that last season where, um, Adrian from last season, season yeah. 15, Adrian, you kind of find yourself as a chef midway through. And I just, I kind of, you know, it's like the Kyle Lowry thing. Like, you know, he's kind of bumping around as a, as a, as sort of a backup. And now, as you know, Tom, he's like, you know, the no stat or he's like the plus minus superstar. Yeah. And, um, but you know, Sarah kind of found herself mid season and I, dare I say, I mean, Eric's kind of been crazy good the whole season, but she's probably been the highest score. If you just take the last four weeks, Tom. Well, if you, uh, if you want to talk drama, uh, here's some drama over the last five episodes, Sarah has the most points in our fantasy league, 33, Eric has 32. So if right. you're just looking at the window of the last five weeks, no one is more capable than Sarah. Put the meat grinder down and just cook. Hmm. Wow. So I'm kind of wondering if you if if a chef said I'm going to put this through a meat grinder, what is that thing that you would be most repulsed or just uh, uh, startled by? Because the Iberico ham was was like, oh my, you're going to put that through a meat grinder. But what what thing, what food protein would you be like? No, don't that is sacrilege. You mean like a protein so refined and delicious that putting it through a meat grinder would just seem sacrilege like it's just too delicate and beautiful yeah like is there something that like you'd be like oh yeah that's delicious but if you put it through a meat grinder i don't want to have anything to do with that crime yeah i mean where are we on sort of um you know sort of uh sort of chinese fish balls and that kind of stuff um that you you would get in a you know sort of maybe a dim sum or or you know, you often see in, in soups. Oh, we, or yeah, we have fish cakes that right. we use a lot in Korean. With a pink little, yeah. Yeah, or they're like strips, but they, it's not good fish. Let me I'll tell you that. So, uh, I mean, like eel would be maybe, yeah. I, I, which I love. I love eel. Love um, eel. Do I like eel or do I like the sauce that comes with the eel? No, you like the eel. I do like the eel. It's okay. a really I cool texture. I figure that out. Have you ever had like a really delicious like Donburry style bowl with like just like a delicate, perfectly grilled eel, eel mm, piece? Yeah, but at, like when I get like a suit, when I go out for sushi and they give me like the prepared eel dish, I always feel like the sauce is really what I like about it. But I got it. I'm sorry. You, you go into D.C. a lot for business. Yes. Next time you're in Washington, you're actually staying in town. They have a great concept fast food place. There are like two locations. There's one, I think, on Connecticut you know, downtown. And then there's one up in Adams Morgan called Donbury. And you just, you know, you go in, oh, yeah. you, you get that, 
just like Mina said, you just kind of get that that nice slab of of anago, or it might be unagi. Unagi. Yeah. yeah, and then you you know it's got the sauce, the little you know um, you know the little red ginger, um, you know. Hey, listener! It's your favorite Butcher Turn podcast producer May is here to talk to you about Butcher Box. A not so wise man once said, "It's not that hard. Just chop, chop." Who knew that he was talking about pork chops from ButcherBox? It's not that hard. It's easy to get high quality meat and seafood you can trust delivered right to your doorstep. Free shipping always. A variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. You get exactly what you need. Premium ingredients for your meals to feed your family. I know how it is. You go to the grocery store. You're stressed. You got a lot of food to get. And then you got to wait in line at the butcher counter. Maybe your butcher is a tall man with an attitude. I don't know. I've never experienced that, but maybe it happened to you. That's why I love ButcherBox. You've always got meat in the freezer or in the fridge. You're ready to cook at any time, and you're not going to find such high quality at such low prices anywhere else. So sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and use code dings at checkout to enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year, plus $20 off. Again, that is butcherbox.com dings, and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S. Chop, chop! We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The Tomogo, you know, the, yes. the egg, uh, little egg custardy strips. And it's just a great, like, it's, it's... Whenever I'm in D.C. and I just, like, after practice, I just want lunch. I always go there. Like, it's just one of my, like... Why isn't there a cool Donbury place everywhere? Well, she, um, but she it's, it's executed, really good to see. She executed the meat grind uh, perfect. I thought, you know, I was a little bit worried like you, Kevin, that this was going to go one way and it went the other. But now she's got one win under her belt. She's got four high finishes, four bottom finishes. So she's just all over the place. She's got two quick fires. But Eric, who is over the last five weeks trailing her in the points column – He's got three wins, two high finishes, top three finishes, zero bottom finishes, and zero quick fires. And I kind of wondered, Mina, Kevin, through 12 episodes, Eric hasn't been in the bottom three. Has that ever happened before? I don't know, Tom. Mina? Did you you grab it? I I have no idea. I researched this, and yes, it has happened three, only three other times. Season 13, Carl. If you don't remember Carl, he... uh, He's a Boston chef. He kind of looks like the male version of Adrian. Just kind of uh, – he looks like Goran Dragic, okay? Uh, season three, Carl, he had one win through 12 episodes. Uh, he had zero quick fires. He was out by the next episode. Season 11, Shirley, Chef Shirley. We all remember Shirley. She's yeah, a Shirley, I remember. Shirley, powerhouse. Uh, powerhouse, two wins, three quick fires, and she finished third. Season six, Believe it or not, Eric's mentor Brian Voltaggio. Oh, there you go. The so same, the lovely same piece stats. of poetic uh, sort of wraparound there. That, that's that's great. The so three chefs, he, and one of them is so his only, mentor. Yeah. Right. So two of the four chefs who've ever done this were in that room last 
Let's see. Well, I think that's the thing with Eric. And I realize I'm sounding like a total Eric fangirl halfway into this. I've been an Eric fanboy all season. But um, he never gets dinged for making something that doesn't taste good. Every like, if you look at even the ones where he hasn't won, they've never, they've always conceded that it. Even we talked about the soup earlier in this episode for not being vegetable forward enough. They said it tasted delicious. So, I, I mean, that seems to bode well for him not getting eliminated. Yeah, and, and I think you know his dish was interesting. So, so they line up all six. They call the win. They call the election early for Sarah. Then they kind of have the five of them not really on the chopping block. We're just going to talk for a while. And um, it, it's very clear that Michelle had the second best dish of the night, right? Um, she did this beautiful so, slow-roasted salmon with a grain porridge um, in this kind of rich uh, citron marrow broth. I, was that the vinaigrette that Graham said he didn't really care for? It was like the one blemish on her dish. Was that a – I wasn't sure if the, the – when he said the vinaigrette, that was the citrus marrow broth. I'm going to guess it was. He said it was rich on rich. Um, salmon's great that way. I mean salmon is just so fatty. I, I, I'm – Sam is one of those things, if it's overcooked, I can't deal with it. And if it's just perfect, it's absolutely. Albumin, what is yeah. When they were talking about that, by the way, when she, yeah, when yeah. she mentioned it, I thought that was a harbinger of yes. the, the fish being, but it, but it was a, a red herring. Yeah, I, I was. I had the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, shit, she's going home. She, if you overcook salmon, it's just awful. Um, I'm always outraged when I'm with someone and like people like there's like my dad likes his salmon overdone. Mm. I just I don't get that. Um, Eric, and it was very clear she had the second best dish. Um Eric and uh, I think it's fair that Eric and Kelsey either were three, four, four, three. Um, each made a fatal error. Not fatal, rather. Actually, no, just a, an error. Um, Kelsey, I do gumbo and I do row. And I've never seen that before. And I'm kind of fascinated by it. Like The double so, roux? The, the roux. The roux was um, – so I said row. The roux is – so when I do it, I, you just kind of stir it. As you stir it, it gets darker and darker. So it's like how dark do you want to go? I kind of like it when it's still nutty. So like when I make my okra gumbo, um, but she does this first roux that's like burnt, I would be like scared to like, I mean, I want to kind of know now, like, like, is it, cause I thought it'd be like ruined. Like you don't want your roux burnt, but she does it. And then she sets it aside and does a night, like kind of a nuttier, lighter roux combines that shit. Yeah. Um, really interesting. So much depth. The chefs love it. She gets a little, that, that canned crab comes a little shell. So she gets dinged for that. Eric, to Mina's point, um, he does this washe, which is just like kind of rice and peas or rice and beans. And he does it with a beef tenderloin. Um, and it was very interesting. I, I've never – usually every sin on Top Chef is a sin of commission. Rarely unless like you don't get the food on the plate on time is it a sin of omission. Never do they say, you know, you didn't do enough here. Maybe, OK, we need more seasoning or more – or it's undersalted. But like – his only crime is, is like there just wasn't anything kind of bright to take away from the savory, just kind of the – I mean, is that rich piece of meat? Was it like a, it looked like a beef tenderloin possibly? Um, um, he had these all, – all the four different grains. He uses a, a sorghum leaf to kind of get the red color, and there just wasn't – like it needed just a little Swiss chard on the plate. Hmm. Um. It, his dish, I was, it did look a little earthy. Like I, I kind of see where they were coming from. Chelsea – you mentioned again, I, and I kind of screamed this earlier about the the crab piece, the shell. What was up with her mentor, dude? Uh, Chris Combs, Coombs is the guy's name, right? Um, he was like kind of weirdly critical of her, like wait, wait, trying was to that be. Hers or was no, no, that Chris Coombs was the Adrian's? Oh, like, okay, okay. would have been nice if it were a plate if my plate were white. My bad. So he was the one who called out. Okay, so he was just calling everyone out. Never mind. I'm sorry. Um, He's from Boston, so they're charmless. He brought a lot, <laughs> a lot of sass. Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 for a moment, I was a little bit concerned for Eric. Um, wait, wait, until... wait, wait, wait. I'm going to pause here. Wait, Mina, if you get some crab shells in your dish, you're going to call it out, right? I don't think that's sass. Well, I guess if it's not her own mentor now, in retrospect, it's fine. I, yeah. I think it would have been weird like if, if you were eating it. Hers. You'd be like, hey, there, I, I love this dish, but actually kind of some shell in there. Yeah, that, it, who was her mentor? Remind me. Who? Uh, Kelsey's. It was a guy from Blue. Yeah, who was Kelsey's mentor? So the one I don't have written down here. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, any in any case, I I was a little bit I was briefly concerned for Eric, um, just because when Padma did her whole, I've had a lot of Brian's food and just <laughs> taste anything like Brian's food, but I think he won. I mean, he I I figured. What was that about? She just wants to say something. No, it was a Voltaggio take on Washe, right? Like, of course they. I love that he wasn't literal about it. Right. I mean, okay, rather than just going to do this mush of like rice and peas, I'm going to pick four beans, prepare them independently, but with a sort of cohesiveness. It was kind of brilliant. Yeah, I don't know. I I know we're a fan. We're kind of in the tank for him, but like, come (laughs) on. I mean, I I thought the criticism was reasonable, right? Like, like it just if he had had like a thing of just you know collard greens are, are are fairly like. You know, big in West Africa. Like if you just done that, like, you know, just a little kind of leafy green, little vinegar, um, it would have taken the edge off. Um, so, so those four, those three were sort of the next waved in and then, uh, Padma calls it those three, uh, Kelsey, Adrian and Eric are going to go, they're going to Macau. And then, so basically our bottom Tom yeah. was Adrian versus Justin. Okay. So let's get into the two way thing. Okay. I, I thought it was going to be um, uh, a, a decoy that like, you know, in the previews, you know, when, when Tom yeah. Colicchio in the preview says, you know, sometimes when the chef says, I'm going to do it two ways, I just feel like you should do it one way. Why don't you just do it one way? I thought it was going to be a, a decoy. And then Justin was going to come out victorious because he nailed his two dishes. But he, you know what his problem was? He was too good. Because he finished his dish, what, like several yeah. minutes before he was supposed to be ready. So he couldn't bring out his dish in time. So he had to put it under a heat lamp. So when you're doing the yellowtail sashimi or miso cured uh, yellowtail, you got to throw it under a heat la- lamp. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, this was the one where at the table, as they were discussing, it seemed to me, oh, he is gone. They were just railing on it. You know, they called it greasy. I I mean, they were just, and then when they went to the judges table and they were kind of pondering a little, and then they decided that, well, at least he showed a bit more creativity than Adrian. Then I started to feel a bit of tension, but at first it seemed to me like it was one of the more easier decisions they've had in a while. Yeah. Yeah, um, Go ahead, Cal. No. I was going to say that, that, uh, that Adrian, she had an amazing duck and it was a little under seasoned, uh, but it was cooked perfectly. And as Kevin always says, if on top chef, you just need to nail your protein, which Justin, I don't think did Kelsey, I'm sorry, Adrian came out with the perfectly cooked duck, but her biggest thing with this challenge was that her mentor always had like the most beautiful presentations, right? Wasn't that her thing? Yes. And then she screwed that up and she admitted that she she just like kind of threw things on the plate and she felt bad about that. And so I thought that that was going to send her home because the whole point yeah. of this this mission was honor your mentor. And yes. she did not do that. And I thought she was going to get sent home for that. Yeah. And 
this is coming from someone who had 20 wheat thins and half a block of cheese for lunch today, but it really didn't look good. <laughs> like they, the one they showed on camera, it, it looked like the lamb had been slapped down or the, uh, pardon me, the duck breast had been slapped down. Like there, maybe they did not. And he, I think called her out for not wiping it or something or. Um, you know, what's very interesting. And I, and I, I can't imagine it hasn't been a conversation among the producers for 16 years for all of the obscure challenges we've seen. And it might just be a colloquial populist thing. We never see a plating challenge. I can't recall ever saying, I mean, it's such a big part of modern cuisine, right? Like it's such a big part of modern cooking is, mm. you know, plating and the smear and the this and the that. And, and I love pretty plates. I'm sort of a sucker for plating. I, I, I go crazy. And, um, I even got like a couple little utensils here to help me do like, you know, purees and kind of slide them across the platter and everything. Um, and I, I I've kind of gotten into that, but like, they never have them do it. They never, yeah. even in a quick fire, have ever said, you're going to be plated on, we're actually going to give you, you know, here would be an interesting plating challenge for a quick fire. You know, like we're going to give everybody the exact same components. You plate it. There was an aesthetic challenge where the taste, but it wasn't like what you're describing. Yeah. Am I wrong? I feel like there was one, no, no, years ago. And this is, I feel like there was one where the look was the only thing that mattered and they didn't even eat it, but I might be, do you remember Tom? I, I, yeah, making I, that I, up? I have a hint of that. Like I, I almost, when Kevin was Me. describing this, I was like, wait a, a minute, research. I think there was a little bit of that. And like, um, Kevin, I think you're, I think you're onto something else too, is that I, I kind of feel like there weren't that many technical, like to, to go the other direction on this. I feel like there weren't as many technical challenges this season. Like, I would agree with you there. Like there it's, wasn't it's been, like um, do a, me, a, a mise en place or something like that where it's like, uh, you know, cut up this, I don't know, ham uh, or or uh, debone this fish or whatever it was, prepare this thing. And everyone is kind of on the same level playing field. I feel like we haven't had that much this season where it was more, hey, see if your skill, how your skills match up against the rest of the crew. So guys, two, so eight years ago to this day, uh, this is a quick fire on Top Chef All-Stars. So, Kevin, oh, you're wow. still good, but I can't believe I remember this. The guest, the judge was Isaac Mizrahi, and it was only a visual, and I and it looks like Fabio might have won. He did, um, let's see. I mean, these are really cool looking. <laughs> but, yeah, was this Richard Blaze's win? The, the, uh, that season? The, uh, who the won this All-Stars? season of All-Stars? All I remember is Angelo did this crocodile and he wrote crocodile on it. And anyway, so part, I, this is what I was remembering. But that was pre Instagram age. Like Kevin's talking about modern cuisine. Like I feel like Kevin, when you're talking about that, it's like last five years, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, look at that pretty plate. I'm looking at Mina showing me on the phone. Oh, that's really, I Major love FOMO right now, guys. I remember, sorry, Fabio, see, he wrote like a quote on his dish, which is a bit much. That's a little much. But, um, but anyway, it's just interesting because, uh, you know, plating just isn't a, I mean, they do beautiful plates on this. Oh, look at that. That's pretty. Carla. Yeah. Carla <laughs> did this borscht and she made a lattice of cucumber. Look how beautiful that is. Mm. Yeah, anyways. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, they all do pretty plating. I mean, I mean, Justin's garden quick fire plating was was a, probably the prettiest plate of the season but it's just not not something you see them do so adrian versus justin justin goes home really sad too because um he seems so excited for macau 
Oh, and man. he just, you're, you got a point. I have this in italics here. He finished too early and kind of like as an amateur cook, when I have people over, it's like my worst thing. And I'm usually re- like having to time that everything's going to be done at the same time. So it's all hot. I end up putting these, like, like these kitchen towels over things to keep the heat in. Um, I don't have a, my mom told me I should have gotten a warming drawer, but they're really expensive. So I was like, fuck that. Um, a warming drawer. So they make these now, like a Bosch warming drawer. Where is that like just in the an ca- oven? So, is that a fancy way of saying? No, 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 oven? no. I don't think. No, it's it's just like if you have a plate that you don't want exactly for this reason, it's basically a home heat lamp, if you will. You know what I would love, like that for my clothes, like on a cold morning to have like a warming drawer that I could you live in Los Angeles. I was so cold this week. Um, I was sad about Justin. I I thought he was kind of one of the more high variance chefs. Mm-hmm. Like he was one of the guys that I thought, you know could have done something really amazing and, and blown my socks off. And he had a really engaging personality. Yeah, I, I like Justin. We loved having him on. Um, JD Fratzke, who's a uh, twin cities restaurateur, who's uh, is a bunch of places. Uh, it was his, um, was his mentor. And yeah, did one sashimi, one miso cured and the temperature and, and whatnot was all off. Padma said she liked the saucing, but uh, it just, and they thought that he was fairly creative. Um, Adrian kind of skates again. And, um, that's it. We've got our final five. So how are you guys power ranking them? All right. So I've, I'll have i just give you the standings right now of what I have here. Uh, team Kevin is just whooping up on Team Tom. Uh, 152 to 110. Eric, 53 points. No one else above 42. Sarah's got at, one, at 41. Kelsey, 31. Adrian, 29. Michelle at 23. So I feel like Michelle's a better chef than that. I, I, she's I had some really nice. By the way, she turned out a beautiful plate that could have won on other weeks. Yes, uh, I think the stat is correct, but uh, as far as my notes here say, she has zero she top three finishes besides her win. Um, How many top three finishes besides her win? Zero. So um, she's just been. I, I don't think of her as a coaster, like someone who's been just been coasting throughout this competition, but. Um, you know, I think Eric is as much as Sarah, the hot hand right now. Um, I, I feel like Eric is head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, I'm telling you, we've had how many chefs per, uh, c- compete on this show? Hundreds, and there are only three that have been this dominant in terms of uh, not making a mistake to be on the bottom three through 12 episodes. So Eric, I not feel so like- much not this dominant, but this consistently good. Yes. Um, you know what? An interesting thing with Eric, I was thinking about this when he made his dish last in the last episode, is how much um, more sophisticated culturally the chefs are now on this show than maybe 10 years ago. Because I remembered when in the past when, in seasons when you would have chefs who would, you know, largely draw upon their cultural backgrounds or references, you'd have chefs like mocking them, being like, oh, he's going to make another Asian dish or something. You, that would never happen now, and it, it is kind of refreshing to see, you know, he's respected and admired for doing that. Whereas I don't even—I I think sometimes it didn't happen in the past. No, it's 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 true, and I mean, he's done this. I mean, first of all, I, I, I'm lucky. I, I mean, I've been to Ghana, and so just to watch these dishes kind of be holy shit. You can do that with fufu, like it, it's just—it's been really fun to see, like, you know foods reinterpreted and, and elevated. And I, I think you're right. Like it is, and it's no longer ethnic food. It's just food We're we're now at the, it's not, it's not, like Chef Hung, I feel like they're, they would talk crap, but you know, you'd be like, really, we're saying that. And, but yeah, it, 
there's been a bit of a, a shift. Do we even talk about Asian flavors anymore? I mean, it's just flavor. It's just like, I, I mean, it, and it is. I mean, it's a decidedly, yeah. I mean, it, it's a side, side. It's a decidedly more cosmopolitan, less white tablecloth-y and traditional American or even new American cuisine that it used to be, and that's a really nice thing. Hey, uh, Mina, the standings are just by our fantasy points. Eric, Sarah, Kelsey, Adrian, Michelle. Would you rearrange the power rankings any differently? Eric, Sarah, Kelsey, oh, Adrian, no. Michelle. Um, Tom, I didn't press record. Is that a problem? <laughs> I have it here. So I've recorded. So it, it, all right. So you've recorded. Yeah. All right. Mark this point because I have not recorded. <laughs> what an asshole. I mean, is that, is that like, I mean, what happens? It just, we won't be as rich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not doing it again. No, we're, we're, yeah. I, I can't do it again. But I would say I'm writing it down. 55 minute on my record is oh my when God. you hit the record button. We, we're no, going to be remember. fine. I'm not even hitting. I'm not even hitting it now. Why even bother? It's going to sound weird. Yeah. Like, um, it's fine. Let's keep going. Um, it'll be fun. It'll be like when someone calls in, right? Like which I do all the time. Uh, Mina. So the the standings <laughs> right now, the point standings is Eric, Sarah, Kelsey, Adrian, Michelle. Would you rearrange the power rankings any differently? Michelle. Um, first of all, wow. Is this, can I just, is this the first time there's only been one man in the top? Wait, oh. Eric. Eric, Sarah, Kelsey, Adrian, Michelle. Four out of five seems unprecedented to me. So shout out to the ladies this year. Yeah. Um, so Eric, Sarah feels right now, given what Sarah's been doing I would probably swap Adrian and Michelle, but Kelsey's been pretty consistent. Um, so I think that would just be it for me. I'd swap those two. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, Kelsey's. I, I, I still she's done some really nice food. Um, I still think Michelle's a really good chef, and I, I'm not just because she's like she's on my team. Like I just think we've seen this. We saw it in the sort of the mem- music memory episode. I mean, you could argue she's made two you know, or, or three of the best 10 or 11 dishes this season. Like she's her, her best cooking is, is, is much, I, I think better than Kelsey or, or, um, Adrian's best cooking. Um, Kelsey has been more consistent. Kelsey also has, again, I, and I talked about this a few weeks ago. She just has a really good feel for context. Like I, she, I, she's somebody who can look at a challenge and say, this is what they want. This is what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I think she's really, she's got a very good sort of, She's got a high IQ for the game of Top Chef. And so I, you know what I mean? Like, I think, so, you know, put her in a situation where there's a competition, you know, you know, an elimination competition with a variable or some sort of curveball. Like, I trust her more than I trust Michelle, who's just like, hey, make a great plate for a table of eight. Like, making a great plate for a table of eight, I would put Michelle up there with Sarah and maybe even above. Wow. Um, But... Michelle is a high, you know, to, to, to borrow from Mina, she's a high variance chef. And um, when conditions become a little more demanding or unpredictable, right. she's not as good. I'm and, really bummed out here because you guys just sent me a selfie of what you're wearing uh, or the, where, what, your, what your setup is there because you guys are recording at uh, Kevin's place. And you guys aren't wearing Sarah's T-shirts that she sent Kevin. And I'm really bummed out about that. 
What did the t-shirt say? Oh, I'll, hold on. I'll go get one. <laughs> Mino, <laughs> she, she, uh, sent us through Kevin, uh, some souvenirs or I guess some merchandise, some Sarah Bradley merchandise. Ooh. So she's, I, Oh, I'm looking at them right now. And Kevin can give you oh, kind of the backstory on the number. Why that's significant. They're Kentucky basketball t-shirts in the back. It's Bradley 18. 18 really? I love that. I loved, by the way, how affected she was by being in the arena. And and I, I actually say, you know, I, I know I said earlier that she's had drama every episode. I didn't mean that as an indictment. I think um, I actually really like when they were taunting her during the basketball challenge, that would really upset me, too. Like Wait, if, Mina, if someone started a chant. Don't so. you feel like that like is a literal nightmare, like a childhood yes, literal nightmare? Worst nightmare. If you like sports, especially. Yes. I know like, it was like an episode of Freaks and Geeks or something. Yes, yes, right. It's just like you're waking up in sweats in the middle of the night, and your your mom comes in and says, "Oh, oh, sweetie, what's wrong?" And you're like, "I was uh, I was at Fenway Park, and they were just chanting, uh, loser, loser, you, you loser.'" And I'm like, "Oh, it's just terrible." Oh, sweetie, sweetie, go back to sleep. It's okay. Don't worry. That will never happen. This literally happened to Sarah, where her childhood dream was being at Rupp Arena and having all these Kentucky fans there chanting her name and instead of chanting her name they're taunting her boxed waffles or whatever <laughs> yeah. they got them oh, oh they were chanting oh made which I think it was Eric and Justin who were spearheading that which again I'm not angry at them either like all's fair and you know top chef but um just to kind of cut to our power rankings in the final five you know you can't coast when it gets down to the brass tacks and especially when you're the challenges get a little more straightforward. Oh, the last year they had the weird mountain thing and you know, whatever. I hope they don't do that again, but um, oh. it is about creativity. It is about hitting the highest highs. And I agree that Michelle, who I think has made what I thought was the most enchanting dish of the season, the Beatles inspired dish um, has like the maybe greater potential than some of the other contestants to, to get there. Yeah, I, I just there's something about her, her her food and like refined plates again. But they're going to Macau. Right. It might be whatever you can get in this outdoor market that's with fish hawkers and Lord knows what. Like you know, but uh, Eric is going to be fun to watch in the finals. And and I'm I'm just uh, he is one of the more dynamic, smart contestants we've had in in. In recent We're seasons. so in the tank for Eric he, over he's here. He's a nerd Dumb. too. Sorry. He's a nerd too. I I texted him. Um, I'm flexing right now. Uh, I texted I'm him. I'm so jealous. And right I said, he's... "Congrats on making it to Macau." I'm a nerd. And I wanted to let you know that bottom three, uh, being bottom three free through twelve episodes, has only been done three other times. And he actually he hit me back and he said, "Thanks." I actually did that research too. Because I was curious. <gasps> oh, oh, now okay. I Uh-oh. liked him. Now I love him. Oh yeah. What? He's like, he's like the ball player who believes in analytics. Yes. You know. Yes. He wanted Come to, to know, Sloan, like, hey, I wanted to know, like, if I if I did this or uh, if I was the only one to do this before. So he actually researched on, I think, Wikipedia to figure out, like, what is my comp? They should do a Top Chef Sloan. Like, think about it. Bringing all panels and shit, and like, do it in New York or Los Angeles. Kevin, People would you say pay they? for that shit. Why don't we do it? We should just host. Well, I mean, 
for those who don't know, MIT Sloan is like the sport. <laughs> which is like all of you. Which all three of us are, are doing panels or presentations or whatever at is uh, like the sports nerd conference every year. Uh, it was created by the GM of the Rockets, Daryl Morey. Who is the, the, the sports nerd in chief. Um, but Tom, like you could have just like a full day of stuff. The meals would be really good. Like a top chef conference slash retreat. Mm. They could make some serious money doing this. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I guess it's like Sobe Wine and Food Festival is like the the comp. But I guess I, mean, they, I guess it is like Aspen and all those. Yeah, yeah all the festivals. But like not Top yeah. Chef branded. No, I feel like Top that Chef w- branded. That would be brilliant. Exactly. Um, and Nina, you could have I want- like live uh, live quick fires and stuff. Yes, um, I would pay. I would pay good money to go to that. Mina, I wanted to know um, just reflections on this season. I I feel like there's less drama than we've seen in past seasons, yeah. and I'm wondering if you think that's a feature or a bug this season, season 16? I, I think it's a bug. Like, I don't think it's an issue where chefs have wised up as someone who watches a lot of other reality television and knows how, you know, the sausage is made when it's not being made by Sarah. It it is just a function of personalities. She and I would say to a less degree, Justin are the only personalities in the final 10, 12 or whatever of this show that I felt like were capable of drama and even Sarah, though, again, whenever there were conflicts, like even the, the night with Adrian, she apologized to her that night for snapping at her, which, uh, you know, kind of won me back immediately. So I, I just don't think they have those difficult personalities this year, um, which I, in some way I love. I love that about Top Chef. Like I, we've talked about this before. How Top Chef is the only reality show that actually has drawn an, a, a greater caliber of talent as the years have gone by. Um, but you know, I do like conflict. <laughs> um, I mean, the question is, is who did they cast who they thought was going to be yeah. the difficult? And, and I think you answered the question, right? Like Justin, Sarah, you know, I, I misidentified Brandon early on as somebody who's yes, going to be a real yeah, dick. And it turns out in my body, they all love him. Like yeah. apparently he's just the greatest guy. Super chill. Like yeah. they had that one scene early on where he was kind of mansplaining. Yeah. It wasn't, was it to Natalie, I think about you're not no, Adrian. And, and then funny is, right. is every time, every time you mansplained, he was right. It was the haircut. You know, the haircut was a, it was a, it, a, it misled me because when I saw that haircut and then I, I heard the mansplaining, I thought, oh no, this bro. But I ended up liking him. Right, totally. He seems absolutely charming, and I, I actually feel like apologetic. Like I should write him an email or something. You like your haircut? Yes, he's got a nice smile. As I've said repeatedly. Next question, Mina. What if if you heard like WWF style? This person's mm-hmm. music or their or their voice on the intercom, and they are back into the competition. Who would strike the most fear? You think if they walk through the doors and said, "Hey, curveball!" This from person's this back. Yeah, from this season, someone comes back. Uh, just to give yeah. you a, a, a little cliff notes here: people who are eliminated so far: Justin, Eddie, Nini, David, Brian, Brandon, Carrie, Jim, Kevin, Caitlin, brother, Natalie, and Pablo. I'm going to go with Nini. It's easy. I think because she just has that. Again, the finals are all about hitting the highest highs. And it feels like she's a chef who's capable of that. I, I mean, here's how extreme, like, how easy the answer to your question is, Tom. Name the only chef other than Eric who's won twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Nini, it. Wow. who was out before, like, before Thanksgiving or whatever. Like, it's just, you know, I mean, that's that that's sort of, uh, I'm exaggerating. I, 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 I think the premiere was in December. But, um. I mean, that's the thing. She's won two elimination challenges. Eric has won three. No one else has won more than one. 
I feel like we got to um, – I feel like I felt bad about Eddie. Did we talk enough about Eddie leaving last week, Kevin? Because I, no, I don't know how much did. memorializing we, we should do, but uh, like – Look, I think I think if you asked me to power rank and if there were six, I mean, he would be to me right behind yeah. Eric. Like I, I, I also love his cooking. It's kind of my kind of food. Um, it's elevated, but it's still really kind of he, he pays attention to texture a lot. Like it's just it's it's a very modular sort of. I mean, he's he's kind of seeing the whole in every dish, um, and I really really like his cooking. Also. The other thing I want to memorialize about Eddie is for those of us who've gone through life where everybody thinks we're not having a good time at the party <laughs> or we're well, too you're intense. Not, you're not. Don't even front. Or, no, no, no. You're like, not we're having good at the party. Or we don't look like we don't look. We don't act like a game show host or, or just we're kind of brooding. <laughs> we're actually having fun. I promise you I'm having fun. Like, you know, this is like – He's just um, – I, I haven't seen that representation in a while in any sort of show scripted or otherwise. It may be scripted, but um, it's always, you know, haha, at his expense, it's the serious guy. Rah. You know, intense is just a word that stupid people use to call smart people. That's all. I love Daddy. I think everybody loved Eddie. I you, loved it. You could tell Padma really liked Eddie too. Um, yeah, I, I – and it was sad because he went out on like a obviously – functionally fine dish but the second he made a chicken i i had a feeling tastes like chicken yeah it was that'd be numbers. a good stat right is how many winning di- how many winning dishes have there been with chicken in the last like five episodes of the, mm. of the each season like if you're coming I'm, in the last five episodes of a season with a chicken dish i feel like that's a, that's a bad sign yeah i mean it, it is it's interesting i do feel like i mean chefs will tell you otherwise some chefs will i feel like the roasted half chicken and it's never bad, but it's something that restaurants often put on the menu for fussy eaters. And, um, I mean, turkey is obviously ridiculous and no one should ever, and you never see turkey on a menu, obviously, um, or like a real restaurant menu. But, yeah, chicken's sort of the, oh, yeah. I mean, they're, oh, man, Eric's fried chicken this oh, year. Well, I, it, I don't remember. It wasn't exactly fried. It was like, how did he, what did he call it? It was like a drumette, but then the way he prepared it. The French, the, he Frenched oh. the drumette. Yeah. Oh, that looks so delicious. The lollipop. Yeah. Oh my God. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this, but I, in my kitchen right now, I made a, um, Tom, I roasted a chicken yesterday for five hours at 195 degrees. Um, I brushed it with I, I you know, salt and fennel powder. And then brushed it with butter, put it in the oven, and in the last ten minutes, I cranked that fucker up to Torched like four fifty yep. to get the skin really crispy, and it is really good. Oh, it's on my counter so right now. I'm kind of major so. FOMO. Yes, I speaking of chicken, and I was just looking this up because uh, I did a Top Chef field trip during the Super Bowl in Atlanta. So for uh, I mostly covered the NFL, unlike these fellows. So I was in the Atlanta. It was in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, and I went to uh, Kevin Gillespie's restaurant, Gun Show. You went to Gun Show? Isn't it fun? Chicken gizzard dish. That's when we were talking about chicken. I was thinking about how amazing that was. How, did you, how many people did you go with? Um, it was a ESPN outing, and there was maybe ten of us. So you got to get like everything because it's like it's it's. Yeah. Fun. Yes, Rachel Ulrich, who I think you work with, mm. was very excited to see Kevin, fellow Top Chef fan. Oh, oh, Gun Show is good. That's a good restaurant. Tom, Atlanta has got some serious cuisine. By the way, when the hell is Top Chef going to go to Atlanta? I mean, they can't go now because they just did Kentucky, so they're not going to do two southern cities in a row. But it is high time Top Chef 
Um, and by the way, you can film in Atlanta. There are more crews in Atlanta than there are in Los Angeles now. Like it's like that's where everyone's filming. So get thee to Atlanta. I want to do Top Chef 18 in Atlanta. Um, that would be very cool. Any final thoughts on this episode uh, or this season? I'll throw one out there. Over under on which episode you'd catch Kelsey saying, I literally can't. If you you said episode seven and you took the over, you win. Uh, But yeah, that was an amazing little clip where Eric was dancing and yelling with Justin and she just – and Kelsey's with Sarah and she goes, I literally can't. And I was like, oh, that's just glorious. (laughs) I love Kelsey. Was Kelsey nice in high school? She was a cheerleader. I I don't know. Kelsey is, again – to talk about how Top Chef has evolved over the years. Kelsey is the chef who I feel like 10 years ago, her, a Kelsey type might have been terrible and now she's wonderful. I don't, not, which it sounds like a weird thing to say. I don't know, but people in the past who struck me, I, I just think she is a total delight. I, I could not agree more. Um, Tom, I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting time in Macau. I'm really glad for a change of scenery. I've loved Kentucky, but I just, there's something about like, I mean, like a great Asian culinary capital is just amazing. Like, it's just one of those I'm going to make, you know, you go to Hong Kong and Macau. It's like, can I fit in five meals today? Like, can I, can I actually, I mean, that's, that, the answer that is, is always yes. I, yes. No, in Hong Kong and Macau, it's just like, I went trail running in the morning in Hong Kong, like along those, like those beautiful, like on the Southern part of town, like the, the town, it's like Hong Kong's enormous megapolis. Uh, but, uh, and then you just like eat the rest of the day. It's like, it's such a great, I wonder if they will go across to Hong Kong or is it just going to be, they're going to be completely confined to Macau for four episodes. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think, I think it was. What's his face? Uh, Brian, who said in Macau, they all thought he was Chris Anderson, Birdman. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll be the they'll do the usual support staff, right? Like they, they come in and kind of do the sous chefing. I guess there were a couple reveals. There were a couple little little spoilers. I wouldn't say it's a spoiler, but but last week when Sarah was on the show, she was like, and then, uh, you know, we're going to finish out here in Kentucky and maybe you'll see me do pretty Ooh. well. Like, I don't oh. know. And I was like, ooh, is she just a little bit of a tell there? And sure enough, she wins this episode. Yeah. I a little nervous in the trailer for Macau when they showed Eric saying, respectfully, I disagree. Oh, yeah. Here's a, here's a parlor game. A lot of things. Right. Like, what does he disagree about? This is like Mad Libs. It doesn't it have like, to be his dish he's talking about. It doesn't right. have, I mean, it could just be a million things. Yeah. Doesn't this hat look great on me? Like. Um, it's it it's got to be an execution of a of a, like a technicality of like you're not supposed to prepare chicken that way. You're not supposed to prepare mm-hmm. this, and he's probably like, actually, no, this is actually by the book. Like, you think it's that, or do you think it's like undercooked, overcooked? Uh, no, I can't imagine it's something that you know. I guess obvious. I don't know. I'm already very stressed about it, though. <laughs> Final question, Tom. Yes, because you asked us. Eric or the field? Ooh, man, that's a good one. Golden State Warriors or the field? Which one are you taking? I'm going to go. You think he's that dominant? Oh, yeah. He hasn't been in the bottom. He hasn't screwed up at all. He's the Terminator. His biggest mistake is that he didn't like embrace the challenge enough. Tom, Just... Eric or the field? Okay, I'm going to go the field. 
we're all going to feel because we're all analytics people. And like, as good as Eric, Eric, we love you. I will take you over anybody, but I'm not taking the field. It is too much randomness in Top Chef. Too much randomness in Top Chef. Well, I'll tell you why, Kevin. Because those three chefs that I mentioned earlier, the comps for Eric, where they went all the way through episode 12, how many of those three won the actual season? Well, Batagia, Michael won, but did Brian win? No, Brian was a runner-up. Same right, as Shirley, like Ryan, and then right. Carl was out uh, right after. So it's none of those three. It's very hard to win in the NBA. It's very hard to win in Top Chef. Yes. It's very hard to win. Yes. So you take the field. You always take the field in Top Chef. That's what makes it fun. Um, Mina, thank you so much for joining us here in the Top Chef Los Angeles studios. Thanks, guys. It's been a great season. It worked out. Tec- the technical difficulties aside, uh, that was great. And, and Mina, if you have any hot takes, fire them off now before we – before we finish here we- about this season yeah, um, any, are- any- nini was robbed eric's the best it, waffle it's like mix a was the biggest controversy season. the the waffle oh, um yale was sorely missed this season sorely sorely you know yeah. what i'm saying Shasta, we need more gail simmons M- mina's mentor show. gail simmons we need more Gail Simmons. More Gail Simmons. In the next batch of pa- Pack Your Knives t-shirts, we need the back should say more Gail Simmons. Mm-hmm. Tom, we're going to talk again next week. I will be broadcasting from Atlanta, most likely. Um, and uh, that'll be really fun. Wait, 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 wait. Next week, aren't we both going to be in Boston? I am flying down to Atlanta on Friday night. I am oh. I'm doing my thing. Uh, I'm meeting Eric in Atlanta. So okay. uh, it's been a few days there. So I'm taking a 7 p.m. flight out of Logan, and which means I only have to spend 24 hours in Boston. Yay. So uh, <laughs> it's yeah. Yes. And uh, so uh, we'll be broadcasting from Atlanta. But um, well, Mina, this looking was forward a, to it. Yeah, Mina, this was a pleasure. And Kevin, take us out. Mina, 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 Mina gets the final Please oh. pack your knives. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X dot com.